We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. How do you do? Afternoon. Thank you for being with us today. Much appreciated. Jimbo in for Bobby Mack, and uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Then Bobby Mack returns on Monday. This is 106.3 WORD, the Upstate's talk station, and also 106.3 WORD.com and 101.5 FM in Anderson and 95.1 FM in Clemson, Pickens, and Seneca. There you go. Our Ingalls Advantage talk line, 1-800-347-1063, 1-800-347-1063, and the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line, 71307, 71307. Not sure if you've uh, heard a great deal about the uh, group OpenTheBooks.com. OpenTheBooks.com. They keep they, they they keep an eye on on spending, and they have come out with a most interesting little article. Christmas comes in September for federal contractors. That's because of the end of the uh, fiscal year. The the the, fe- the fiscal year for the government is uh, uh, October first to s- September thirtieth. So we're coming up on the end of the year, the fiscal year. For spending, I have never understood, by the way, why fiscal years and calendar years don't have to coincide. But uh, I suspect that part of the reason may be uh, for uh, deliberate attempts at confusion. I could be wrong, but uh, that's always been uh, my suspension. Now then, during the past two fiscal years, the largest federal agency spent $188 billion in the month ending September 30th. 2018 and 2019. Most of the executive spending was waste. Every dime was borrowed. That, of course, adds to the uh, national debt, which is already 26 and three quarter bill, uh, trillion dollars. Uh, arguably, this is the largest extravaganza of taxpayer abuse in U.S. government history, until, of course, the coronavirus bailouts happened, and we we were setting new records all over again. Agencies worry that spending less in their budget permits might prompt Congress to appropriate less money in the next fiscal year. Remember, if you're a bureaucrat, your agency, your budget is your turf. I'm the federal commissioner of widgets. I have an annual budget of a million dollars. I have an annual payroll of uh, 700 employees, and we control widget production all over the country. That's my turf. That's my little Bailiwick, that's my kingdom. 
That's how bureaucrats measure their importance. Here at the Bureau of Widgets, we've got a million-dollar budget and 700 employees. Over at the, the Bureau of Orange Marmalade, they only have half a million and 300 employees. That's how bureaucrats think. So use it or lose it. The way that it works is that if you appropriate, let's say, a, a million dollars, let's say, for uh, the Bureau of Widgets, okay? And, uh, and let's say you are the commissioner of the Bureau of Widgets, and you are really efficient. You are out to save the taxpayers' money. By gum, you're going to give them a good amount of work for their pay, and you're going to do this job in a lean, mean manner, son of a gun. You've managed to to manage widgets for the past year, and it didn't cost a million. You were appropriated a million, but you managed to do it for 900000 Are you patted on the back? No. Congress says, well, the commissioner of the Bureau of Widgets managed to manage widgets for nine hundred grand instead of a million. I say we cut a hundred grand out of uh, what we give him. For a bureaucrat, that is like a death sentence, and so you have got to spend the money. And that leads in the use-it-or-lose-it spending phenomenon that happens every year in Washington, every stinking year. And federal agencies find ways to spend money. And, and you know, it's not easy. There was a there was a movie one time about, uh, I, think, I think it uh, started Richard Pryor, and it was uh, somebody who was given a, a ton of money, but he had to spend a certain amount of money in a certain period of time. And it's not easy to do. Not easy to do. So I'll give you an example of some of the things that were spent on here in, in uh, this uh, most recent uh, budget period. Uh, federal bureaucracy spent $502,000 on alcohol. Uh, guns and ammunition at non-military, non-law enforcement agencies like Health and Human Services, Veterans Administration, and uh, the Department of Education, $1.5 million. <laughs> $3.7 million were spent by federal bureaucrats on games, toys, and musical equipment. Your tax dollars were being used to buy pianos, flutes, and French horns. $4.6 million was spent on lobster tail and snow crab. $6.2 million on golf carts, motorcycles, scooters, and bicycles. $23 million on books and pamphlets. $25.1 million on workout and recreation equipment. Uh, $53 million on batteries. <laughs> you know how many batteries? <laughs> $53 million worth of batteries. Vehicles, $253.8 million. Again, uh, the government at least has need of, of, of some vehicles. I'm not sure the extent to which that was crazy spending. Probably, given the, the other items mentioned here, probably was. Uh, public relations and marketing. $456.8 million. Now, that's worth pursuing. I understand. Uh, radio stations engage in public relations and marketing. Okay, I understand that. Uh, all the commercials you hear here at 106.3 WORD, those are companies that are buying uh, marketing. Here, learn about our, our product. Learn about our service. That's fine. Because they can, you can always go out and buy somebody else's service. And so I ask you this, in regard to the federal government, 
Are they marketing themselves to the tune of $456.8 million in this uh, last-minute spending spree because they're fearful that you will go patronize some other federal government? (laughs) I don't like this federal government. I'm going to pick the other one. And which other one would that be? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) And on and on. Furniture. $457.8 million. Again, along with vehicles, I'll grant you that the government needs a certain amount of furniture. In the context of where the spending is taking place and when, I'm sure that that was an excessive figure. Again, it is the use-it-or-lose-it mentality. And Rand Paul, the senator from Kentucky, has offered what is, I think, a, a very worthwhile thought. I actually had proposed this independently of him, but of course he's a senator, so he can introduce legislation. I just had the idea. I'm not sure which one was had at first, but I did have it independently of him. But it's a great idea. And that is, you pay bonuses. Hey, Bureau of uh, of Widgets, Commissioner, you saved hundred grand out of your million-dollar budget. So what we're going to do, we're going to pay you a bonus for that. Say well, say he saved a hundred grand, so we'll give him ten percent. Give him ten grand. The government's still ahead. Ninety thousand. They got most of the money that he saved. It's an incentive. That's a good thing. But this thing happens every single year. In the last month of the fiscal year, the month of September is always Christmas time for uh, various uh, Beltway. Uh, people who, who will get a lot of money spent for them. I mean, they they do. The the, uh, the Beltway contractors, the Boeing company gets a ton of money. United Technologies, Lockheed, Northrop, General Dynamics, Raytheon, the usual suspects. And other than the people at OpenTheBooks.com, not many folks really pay attention to that. I just thought you should know some of the things that are being wasted right now because we're down to the last-minute push. This is 106.3 WORD, now on 95.1 FM in Clemson, Pickens, and Seneca. 101.5 FM in Anderson. All over the place on the Radio.com app. I'm Jimbo for Bobby Mack, and it's 515. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Five twenty-one is the time, and glad you're joining us this afternoon as we look at so many things happening out there. Boy, with the 54 days to go before the election, so many things to uh, to draw your attention. If you've already voted, of course, well, too late. Some have. Here's uh, J.D. in Greenville. Hi, J.D. Oh, well, son of a gun, J.D. Uh, we were all set to go to you there. Uh, quick as we could, but uh, you're welcome to call back if you would like. That number, of course, is our Ingalls Advantage talk line number, 1-800-347-1063, 1-800-347-1063, and the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line, 71307. I'm uh, under the impression that uh, J.D. wanted to talk a bit about uh, government spending. The people at OpenTheBooks.com do a, a tremendous job in this regard. For example, they uh, not only look at the federal level, they look at the local level. They, for example, looked at uh, Laredo, Texas, which is a, a border town, a fairly poor town. The average income in Laredo, Texas is $15,127 with household income of only $38,000. That average income is per person. The average household income of Laredo, Texas, $38,000 per year, okay? These are not rich folks as a group. All right. The uh, city provided an $880,000 golden parachute for the city manager, who served in that position for only 20 months. You add in severance pay, lump sum vacation, sick leave, regular hours, deferred compensation, and the like, holiday pay, vehicle allowance, annual leave payment, cell phone allowance, and lifetime taxpayer-paid health insurance through the city manager of Laredo, Texas, where the average household income is $38,000 a year. This person got a golden parachute of $880,000. Compare that with, for example, uh, four-star generals in the U.S. military. They pulled down 268000 a year. For a comparable level of responsibility, of course, in the private sector, they'd be making millions. Uh, the president of the United States makes four hundred grand a year. The current one, of course, donates his money back. But uh, the uh, city manager of Laredo, Texas, made $880,000 in 2019. This is the kind of thing that OpenTheBooks.com looks into, and they do a wonderful job. Uh, uh, Adam Angievsky is the CEO of uh, OpenTheBooks.com. Again, there are the two websites that I really uh, commend everyone to. Uh, one is USDebtClock.org, USDebtClock.org, and the other is uh, OpenTheBooks.com. They do a tremendous job. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, we'll be talking to Adam Angievsky on uh, The Best of Bohannon on Sunday night at uh, 9 p.m. That's the second hour of The Best of Bohannon every Sunday night from 8 till uh, 10 p.m. Sunday evenings. The uh, 8 o'clock hour this week is going to be with Colorado Congressman Ken Buck. He is uh, 
a conservative, a Republican, and he is upset with the attacks that are being made on national monuments and the like in this country. So, uh, again, always uh, uh, good stuff, and I hope that you will, uh, you will check out what we have available at uh, the Best of Bohannon. By the way, speaking of going after the monuments and the like, the argument in the beginning about all those monuments was we just don't want these things to be out in the public view, don't you see? We don't want them out there uh, cluttering up the, the public view. But we want to keep these things, statues and the like. We'll just stick them in a museum someplace where the serious scholars can take a look at them. Now, coming, of course, from the people involved here, the cancel culture types, you had a pretty good idea that you weren't going to be able to actually believe a word they said, and you would be right if that was your idea. Because now we uh, find that, in fact, uh, this... Uh, Opinion, for example, this is happening in Britain, but it'll it'll happen here. You mark my words. They have already warned that a number of exhibitions within the Natural History Museum in London can be seen as offensive, and so uh, some of these uh, things that are on display will now be removed entirely. So it's not just a case of we don't want it in the public's face. No, now it's we want to get rid of it entirely. Again, even if you believe what they say, that's a mistake. They're liars, and they think that's fine because they don't have to tell the truth to you. You're ignorant scum in their view. Why should they tell the truth to you? They know better than we do, and there's no no better way to describe liberals than, 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 than they know better than we do. That's always been their mantra, even among those who in public life have maybe known better than to peddle that fact, but that's how they think. It's not always what they say, but they know better than the rest of us. They resent the fact that we not only vote, but we don't vote the way we're told to vote. This really bothers a lot of these people. And so when they promised that these were only going to be movements of, of statues and the like from the the public area, let's say streets and parks and what have you, into museums, like this is some kind of, of cloistered sanctuary. <laughs> you knew that they were lying. Well, now we've seen the first example of that. If things were already uh, being mentioned as being taken out of a museum, what they do next? I suppose the dumpster. I mean, <laughs> they, they can't all go in the basement. Uh, no, it, it ultimately it's a case of rewriting history and, uh, and doing away with this stuff. And, and of course... For many of those who are busy in the effort to rewrite history about it, the only thing you can say for sure about it is that it will be misspelled and lack punctuation. But uh, trust me on this, they are out to get rid of our history. They are not out to take it out of the public arena to keep people from being uh, embarrassed by offensive things out on streets and in parks. No, they want to get rid of it entirely, uh, and they will do so if you let them do so. And again, take a look at who the people are who are trying to do this kind of thing. And it, it would be a mistake to lump in the same category every single Democrat in the country. I'll concede that. They're not all identical. However, if you vote for a Democrat for the House of Representatives even though they may proclaim to the high skies how conservative they are, I'll guarantee you that they are going to be voting for Nancy Pelosi to be speaker. That's bad enough. 
that they will be voting, if they're senators, they will be voting for Chuck Schumer to be the majority leader instead of the minority leader. You can't trust government to them. It's just a mistake. Even if you know somebody who's running as a Democrat and you like the person, some of them are likable, look at how they would vote. You've got to keep that in mind. Just wanted to point out that uh, we'll stick it in the museum argument is a lie, like most everything else they say. Jimbo for Bobby Mack, and our time is 529. And uh, by the way, uh, Walter and Lyman, uh, we uh, lost you there, so I trust you'll give us a shout back on the Ingalls Advantage talk line of 1-800-347-1063, 1-800-347-1063, and, uh, or the, even the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line, 71307, 71307, which we will uh, check out here shortly. It's uh, now 25 before 6 here. Interesting survey by the Desiree News, uh, part of their annual American Family Survey. This in conjunction with Brigham Young University. It's a survey of uh, 3,000 Americans which looks at current trends in American life and analyzing relevant uh, cultural and political issues, and et cetera, and so on. This is certainly uh, pretty relevant. Uh, 90% of Americans do not want their kids to choose politics as a profession. 90%. And uh, that's really sad. It's not hard to understand why, I suppose, in some cases. Although, keep in mind that the way to ensure that bad people have control of politics is for good people not to run. That's... Again, I understand the motivation, but, uh, gee, what a terrible indictment of us, I suppose. Only one in ten say they would be happy if their child pursued a political path. In 1995, which is only a quarter of a century ago, 32% said they would be pleased if their uh, child pursued politics. What's more... Of the adults polled in the survey, fewer Americans want to run for office themselves. Only 8.1% say their desire to run for office has increased as a result of current events. 25% say their desire has decreased. Given the price you pay, given the slanderous assaults that occur on people, it is uh, not not hard to understand why people feel this way. Uh, 
I'm just I'm just really sorry. I really am. Again, I would encourage certainly people like the ones that make up this audience, good heavens. It is very important that people of knowledge, people who care about the issues of the day, that, that you get involved. I, I don't mean to shame anybody into running for public office, but if you are are of a position where you feel you can do so, I hope you will give serious consideration to it. I recognize uh, that there are constraints on people who lead ordinary lives. For example, if you are of moderate income, that's tough. If you have a regular 9-to-5 job uh, where you work a certain number of hours, that's tough. That's that's the reason why so many attorneys are in, in public life, not only because of the fact that they're trained in the law, but also the fact that if you uh, work in a law office or something, then uh, you're a lot more flexible in terms of, of your hours. You aren't tied down to be uh, on the assembly line, let's say, from 4 p.m. to midnight, five nights a week. Uh, still, that's that's devastating. The fact that Desiree News and uh, Brigham Young are involved would indicate that this uh, does include a fair number of conservatives, I would dare say, but 90% of Americans don't want their kids to choose politics, and it was three times that high just a quarter of a century ago. <laughs> I understand, but gosh, I hope that, that, that many people will still take the chance and still give it a try. Looking at the violence in our cities, you remember uh, the Flip Wilson show? Back in the 70s, you've got to be a certain age, obviously. But one of his funny lines was, the devil made me do it. It was just a little punchline he would use in various routines. He would do something silly or stupid or whatever just as part of the comedy routine and then say, the devil made me do it. It was cute, and of course, everybody understood. Everybody understood that uh, it was just a joke. Well, unfortunately, it's not a joke with uh, what's happening right now and the radical left's extortionate violence and the tightening of the presidential race. And the Democrats have begun to realize that their standard bearer had to leave the basement. So he he did. Finally began to read short speeches, not always accurately. (laughs) Like when he says 6,000 in the military died of of the pandemic when it was actually seven who died. But nonetheless, he, he's going out there, and he's had to confront the fact that, yes, there really is violence in the streets. I'm sorry, Jerry Nadler, New York congressman, chair of the House Judiciary Committee, but apparently that violence in the streets that we've all seen, that is not all just uh, uh, Photoshopping and computer graphics. Apparently, there really actually has been violence in the streets, although you called it an urban myth, and Joe Biden has had to uh, come up with some answer to this, and he's come up with an answer. Trump made them do it, which is, I guess, the same thing as Flip Wilson. The devil made me do it. Trump made them do it. Yes, all those protesters were out there protesting, not just the peaceful ones, but the ones who, in fact, were not out to protest anything other than the fact that they didn't have a new TV set. Yeah, Trump made them do it. That was the upshot of the speech that uh, Biden made in Pittsburgh. Are you safe in Trump's America? In Trump's America, this sort of thing wouldn't be happening. It is the Democratic mayors in these cities, 
all of whom have endorsed Joe Biden for president, who have allowed this to happen. Uh, yes, the murder rate is up 26% in the nation's cities this year, which, of course, is a shift from the Democrat messaging of five minutes before, which said that surging crime was nothing to be concerned about because crime is still historically low, thanks to policing policies Democrats oppose because of, uh, you know, uh, racism and like that. So they've, they've admitted that crime is up, but it's Trump's fault because it's Trump's America. He was president at the time. This was the same president who offered help to these cities, who at one point had to send in federal marshals, not troops, for those who really don't understand the difference. Troops wear helmets and carry automatic weapons, and these were federal marshals, cops with a federal badge, and they protected the U.S. courthouse in Portland, Oregon. This is the left's blame-shifting response to violence from within its own ranks, which it lacks the will to counter. It is Trump supporters, we are told, who are recklessly encouraging violence. Really? When was the last time you heard a Trump supporter encouraging violence recklessly or carefully? Either one. <sighs> the Democratic nominee, Joe Biden, offered up the cartoon version of Trump backers calling out right-wing militias, white supremacists, and vigilantes as the worrisome extremists. Come on, Joe, to borrow a phrase that you know and love so well. Come on, man. You know perfectly well who's doing this. These are people who think you're wonderful. And I'll give Biden credit twice, twice in the hundred or so days of violence we've seen. Twice Biden has said something like the law should be enforced. And, of course, he's lifted one of those and is running them in commercials now. It makes you sound like he's been law and order Joe every day of the week. No, he's been law and order Joe twice because he felt he had to. How exactly are all the Trump deplorables to blame? How are they instigating the violence that Biden now unequivocally condemns after remaining largely mum while his running mate, Kamala Harris, was promoting a fund to bail out these people? Why, by saying things that offend the left's hair-trigger sensibilities. If you are a conservative, a Republican, and or a Trump supporter, all evil, you offend by backing candidates and policies the left opposes, you see. That's how you encourage violence. You're not giving them everything that they want. The fact that you're expressing your viewpoint, no, no, your viewpoint is evil, and therefore that encourages violence. You follow the reasoning? It's a little convoluted, but uh, that's the way they're, they're working here. Don't even think about doing it quietly, because it turns out that silence is violence, too. Your very existence equates to offensive speech. The fact that you're out there as a person who believes in law and order, the U.S. Constitution, and uh, all of the things that the left hates, your existence equates to offensive speech. There's only one way out for you. Submission. Bow down. When uh, you have the uh, malignancy of... Uh, the Antifa Nazi thugs entering a restaurant, raise your hand in the black power salute because that's what these people want you to do. That's how the left can blame you, okay? Because you exist, and therefore that offends them, and therefore they've got to riot. <laughs> I'm not making this up, folks. Jimbo for Bobby Mack. This is 106.3 WORD, now at 95.1 FM in Clemson, Pickens, and Seneca, 101.5 FM in Anderson, all over the place on the Radio.com app. The time now, 15 before 6.
evening all. Thank you for being with us this afternoon here. It's 10 minutes now before uh, 6 o'clock at 106.3 WORD. Jimbo in for Bobby Mack today and again tomorrow. And we have available for you, of course, the Ingalls Advantage talk line at 1-800-347-1063. 1-800-347-1063. And the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line 71307 7103 Texas says, apparently these Antifa idiots don't realize that when a white person sticks their fist in the air, it is not a black power salute. It is a white power salute. I'm not sure what they think. Mostly, they are looking for their pound of flesh. The idea of actual solutions to problems within the inner city, like jobs and education, no, that's not enough. No, it is necessary because we are so evil uh, merely by existing, that we must submit, we must grovel. And uh, I'm sorry, but I'm not prepared to grovel. But uh, this is the kind of nonsense that is uh, is taking hold out there. And it's just interesting to, to follow what the the Democrats are, are doing in their convoluted logic that because a conservative person exists, that alone offends all of these people who therefore must take to the streets, must engage in violent confrontational actions because we we breathe, because we take up space. That's their problem. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, Joe Biden, of course, says he's not with the program. He says he's no radical socialist with a soft spot for rioters. He says he's all moderate, right? Well, uh, truth be told, he's a hack. For half a century, he has blown with the wind. Usually in the Democrats' uh, scheme of things, that's been progressive wind, blowing from the left, trying to stand whatever happens to be the popular side on a given day in favor of using force in Iraq but against the Iraq war for the Russia reset after Moscow annexed parts of Georgia, but wannabe scourge of Russia after Moscow annexed part of Ukraine. Back in 94, Joe Biden labored to brand tough Clinton crime legislation as the Biden bill. Now, with the left decrying that law is the foundation of America's racist state, he'd prefer to forget the whole thing in hopes that you will too. Where does Joe stand? Wherever the wind blows him. That's where. I mean, it's it's really remarkable he's gotten this far, actually. I mean, at least Bernie Sanders does stand for stuff. The wrong stuff, but he stands for stuff. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, we could go on, but, you know, after all these decades, Biden, most of all, is the former vice president of the Obama administration. President Obama is the only reason he's gotten this far. That plus, of course, uh, Jim Clyburn. Uh, for endorsing Biden before the South Carolina primary. Time now is, uh, incidentally, uh, six minutes before 6 o'clock at 106.3 WORD. Uh, Pre-Obama, Biden's presidential runs were a joke. Post-Obama, his uh, patent weaknesses made even Obama world lukewarm to his current bid to lead Obama's third term. Obama, of course, got those two terms because of charisma. Many find him personally attractive. Always, that was leaps and bounds more popular than his progressive open change agenda. Hey, he's got a nice smile. Hey, he's got a nice tan. 
and it's high time. That was mainly what was behind the uh, support for Barack Obama. His historical significance tapped into the longing of Americans to transcend our racial divide, even as his manner of governance made that racial divide worse than it was before. Well, the trouble is with Biden, you've got all of the bad policy baggage, but none of the mystique. You've got an Obama administration without Obama. You don't have the nice, pleasant smile. You've got the policy and none of the pizzazz. And getting the policy means letting the left's radical revision of the First Amendment uh, continue to move toward fruition. The Obama administration, of course, backed the U.N. Human Rights Council Resolution 1618. In a nutshell, it is the heckler's veto, though with that the left's shock troops contented themselves with merely heckling. Uh, anyway, Resolution 1618 is a blatantly unconstitutional provision that the Obama-Biden administration pushed to support uh, Islamist regimes. Ostensibly, it's about religious liberty. In reality, it is the left's template for speech suppression. The trick is to turn the one simple concept of incitement on its head. The resolution purports to render unlawful any speech about religion that constitutes incitement to discrimination, hostility, or violence. Its transparent purpose is to insulate Islamic doctrine from critical examination notwithstanding that fundamentalists unabashedly exploit scripture to justify and promote terrorism. In the Soviet style, the left maintains its program with a combination of fantasy, indoctrination, and suppression. American history becomes the 1619 Project, the Republic as an enterprise to perpetuate slavery. The big lie is perpetuated by Pulitzer Prizes, K-12 curricula, Reparations bills, it is protected by attacking, attaching the smear of racism to uh, naysayers who dare show that the project is farcical. In the same vein, progressives have created their own fantasy version of Islam. Its defining tenet, indeed its only known tenet, is anti-violence. You are to see terrorism as innately un-Islamic activity. Any claim that scripture justifies violence, any reading of what belligerent scriptures unambiguously say is angrily rebuked as a distortion of the true Islam. Jihad itself is changed into an internal struggle to become a better person. That is a fraud. That's some of the stuff that we are hearing out there. And just so you know where we're actually going, Biden will never tell you, but uh, we will. All right, more to come. Stay with us. we got a bonus hour coming up. Jimbo in for Bobby Mack at 106.3 WORD, the Upstate's talk station. Delighted you've joined us this Thursday afternoon, September the 10th. The time now, three minutes before 6 o'clock. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.